This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 23rd, 2014. Amazing. Amazed by his power over nature. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones, and I've, I'm sort of, uh, maybe I should get over here a little bit more. Uh, Alan is on retreat, having a great time. He's probably sharing a message right now, so I'm flying solo today, but we'll both be back together next week. I'm a sinner saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me, please? God, thank you so much for today, a time that we get to come into this place and focus on you and hang out with others around us and I pray that our journey just goes a little bit farther today and that we're changed and transformed uh, by being together today and by your word. I pray this. I give this time to you in Jesus' name. And everybody gathered said, amen. So last week, Alan and I were in Houston, Texas. Is that a fire whistle? Okay, let's pray. God, um, we pause each time we hear that to lift up the situation to you. We know that, that you're there. We know that you're here. Please protect uh, whatever's going on, uh, the person or property. We pray no harm. We also thank you for those who are responding. Keep them safe as well as everyone on the road. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we were in Texas, Houston, Texas last week visiting our daughter Megan, son-in-law Ted, and two absolutely adorable granddaughters, Isabella, who is now five, and Adeline, who turned four. This is uh, right off the plane in the Hobby Houston Airport, and um, Isabella, who is the older one in the red shirt, she wore that Philly shirt just for her poppy because, you know, he's such a fan. And the funny thing is, it's a size three shirt and she wears size six, but she dug deep and she says, I got to wear this for my poppy. And so, uh, so sweet. We went this time of year, this year, because it was Adeline, the younger one's fourth birthday. Last year, we spent Isabella's birthday there and we spent it at the Houston Rodeo. Has anybody been to the Houston Rodeo? Oh my gosh. I mean, it is the largest rodeo of its kind in the world. I mean, everything in Texas is like really big, everything. But it was mind-blowing, and I got to see Keith Urban that night at the rodeo. It was really fun. Woo! Hey, anybody, if you want to go to the fair with me, I think he's going to be there. Uh, so um, anyway, we had a great week. We spent time, you know, reading books and doing puzzles and uh, we watched Frozen and we watched Frozen <laughs> and we watched Frozen. I can do all the hand motions to Frozen. We went to church with them and we visited with Ted's parents, Ann and David. They were part of the founding, they were the founding family of the 14 that helped started, start this church. In fact, David was the lead team chair for a lot of years, so it was great to see them. So we went, you know, Tuesday a week ago, and then the week goes fast, and then we find ourselves last Tuesday, this past Tuesday, it's time to come home. And uh, we had to say goodbye again for at least nine months, and um, I'm never going to get used to that. I will never get used to that. 
If any of you have like faraway family, you know what it feels like. And so I've gotten smart. I take the first flight out going, so we have that day, and I take the last flight out coming home, so we have that day. And so we're on the runway, and it's dark, and that's always the worst time for me, sitting on the plane, and as the plane starts taxiing down the runway, I just like, it's like really hard, and my heart just feels so, so sad, and, and I was replaying, you know, everything that w went on that week before, and the next planned trip is May of 2015 for us. That's a long time. So I was just feeling kind of sad, and so then my eyes start leaking, <laughs> feeling pretty low. And then something happened. Now, it was about 15 minutes in, because by this time, we're way up in the air. I'd see the lights get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and dimmer, and I've got more and more water coming out of my eyes. So I'm looking out the airplane window, because I didn't want anybody else to like see me what was going on. And I'm looking out, and what I saw was incredible. God gave me a gift. This picture does not do it justice, but when I looked outside, I mean, it was black, black, black night, and that's the tail, we were on the wing, but the moon was so big. I mean, it was this huge full moon that just lit up the sky. We can never really capture God's glory in a picture, can we? But, I mean, I was just like, oh, wow. At first, I was overwhelmed with sadness, and then I was amazed, amazed by the gloriousness of God and God's creation. And I was actually thinking about this scripture that I was going to be preaching on uh, today, and I thought, wow, you created that. You know, we read that in Genesis chapter 1, and I felt like I was like living it. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. And so there I was looking at this lesser light, and it just made me again realize that God is in control of everything, everything. I was so amazed. Have you, have you been amazed by nature? Everybody, has everybody been amazed by nature? Yeah, everybody. So I was thinking about the natural wonders of the world and how God made it all. And I thought about, you know, the, I haven't seen any of this stuff that I'm going to name, uh, but it would be nice to eventually. The Redwoods in California, who's seen that? Yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, Everglades in Florida, yeah. How about Niagara Falls? I, I have done that. You should raise your hand, I think we went too. No, you don't remember? <laughs> okay. Oh gosh, I'm such a bad parent. We haven't been to these places. The Great Barrier Reef in Australia. No. Oh, wow. That's really impressive. Who's seen the Aurora Borealis? I I'll bet that is absolutely incredible. Grand Canyon? All right, that's on my bucket list. We're going to try to do that. That would be so incredible. And when I'm thinking about all this, it's all under his command. It's all under his command. Nature is not some closed system outside of God. Because God planned it, 
God designed it. God spoke it. God has command over it all. Our scripture says that he commands the rains to fall. I mean, he has all that. And he calls the winds to obey him. So we're going to look at that scripture. It's found in the book of Matthew that's in the New Testament. Matthew was a disciple who hung out with God, and he recounts this story found in Matthew 8. Then he, Jesus, got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was, what? Sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So it's probably an ordinary day on the Sea of Galilee. They'd done a hard day's work, and Jesus went in the boat, and the disciples followed him. Let me paint the picture about what the Sea of Galilee is like. When I think about a sea, I think about a sea, but this was, is not like a huge sea. It like stretches uh, 13 miles one way and 8 miles another way, so you know, it wasn't that big, but it's nestled below sea level so that there's mountains and valleys that really creates a tunnel where the winds get really rough and it causes bad weather. Storms could come up with a sudden startledness. And scripture tells us that. It says that, you know, without warning, a furious storm came up. I was taking a look at this in one of the commentaries, and the commentary said that the storms on the Sea of Galilee combine suddenness with violence. I mean, can you feel this? Suddenness with violence in a unique way. The storms, Alan would go like that, but you know. Anyway, these storms seem to blow from all directions, one way to all at the same time. So this isn't like your nice spring storm with a little thunder and lightning. This is a violent storm. When we look at the Greek word for storm, it's seismos. And that also means earthquake. So, I mean, it's like a really big storm, not that kind of nice one that we think about that's sort of kind of relaxing. That's what the disciples were experiencing that day the boat like going crazy, the waves coming over the sides of the boat. I mean, they were probably being tossed from one side to the next. I mean, we were not tossed, but you know, our plane was a little bumpy at one point. I'm like, oh my gosh. But I cannot imagine the drama, the dramaticness of what they were experiencing. It was this relentless pounding. Have you ever seen an angry ocean? Whew, yeah. I just can't imagine being in the boat in the middle of all that. Storms. We have storms. We have storms in our lives. And like the description in Scripture 
our storms can be swift. They happen without notice, and they can cause destruction and devastation without warning. Storms can also be powerful, so fast and so furious, no respecter of person or property. We've seen that with you know, tornadoes and hurricanes and floods. Storms are common. Everybody has them. None of us are exempt. And storms are also real. Storms of life are real. Trials and tribulations, a crisis of one kind or another, we all have them. So the question becomes, how do we handle these storms? What do we do when we're in the midst of storms like this? Let's go back to our scripture and see what happened with the disciples. So they followed Jesus into the boat, you know, thinking everything's fine. The storm suddenly comes up, and surely they were terrified. I mean, it says that in the scripture. They were scared, probably almost to death, thinking they were going to die. And I think that's a pretty natural reaction, don't you? I mean, I would have felt that way. And so here they are in this, and they look over, and Jesus was sleeping in the middle of the storm. Now, when you look at it like he's sleeping, that kind of makes sense because he had a lot of, I mean, he was very busy that day before they got into the boat. He, I mean, he had to get in the boat almost for some rest, I would think. But he had you know, healed the leper and even brought the widow of Nain's son to life. I mean, there was some big stuff going on. <laughs> he had uh, been questioned by some authorities on what to believe. So he was there asleep, but seriously, sleeping in the middle of a storm? What is that about? Have you ever felt like you're in the middle of a storm in your life and Jesus is sleeping? Have you felt like that? Have you felt like, where, are you awake? Do you even know what's going on in my life? Do you even care? I, I know I've had some situations where I felt like, whoa, where are you? Are you asleep? Maybe it's a stormy marriage, stormy finances, stormy job, a stormy uh, medical situation. Are you asleep, Jesus? Do you even know what's going on? So the disciples, you know, they're like, what is, oh, we're going to die. And so they woke Jesus up. Lord, save us, they said. I don't think they went like, excuse me. <laughs> Hello, save me. I mean, like, I could hear in the scripture, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. That desperation, that fear. Have you ever cried those words out? Lord, help me, either in your mind or out loud. Save me. I'm going to drown. About six years ago, um, I had an important meeting in Rehoboth Beach, and it was a Sunday afternoon, and I really did have to get there. So I left four hours before I needed, like it's a two-hour ride, so I gave it four hours because it was snowing outside. 
Actually, it, it wasn't just snowing. It was a blizzard. But I got out of our development. We lived next to Middletown High School, and Route 299 was great. It's because we have awesome Middletown snow clearers. Like, we have great, if you live in the town of Middletown, they clear your snow quickly. So I'm thinking everything is good. I get on the Route 1 ramp to go Route 1 south. It hadn't been touched. And the snow was going very fast, and I knew that I was in trouble as soon as I got on Route 1. But you can't turn around. And pulling over would have been just as dangerous. And so I was going along with some other cars. We were kind of pacing ourselves, and I was going about, I'd say, 30. And I, we all had flashers on. I was trying to be practice all my defensive driving stuff. And um, nervous, I'd already made the decision that I was going to get off the Smyrna exit and come home. Like, that meeting really wasn't that important. And before I got to the Smyrna exit, my car, I had a Ford Explorer, a nice, big, heavy car, uh, hit black ice. And so I left Route 1 South, went over into the median, into Route 1 North. And you can't stop it when something like that's happening. And I just felt like my life was going in slow motion. And I heard myself, similar to the disciples, Lord, save me, I'm going to drown. I said, Lord, please don't let me kill anybody. That, that was my cry. Please don't let me kill anybody. Because I knew it was, was going to be bad. So I get over... I mean, my car got, went over there, and I'm Route 1, and the first hit came to my car. I mean, I hit them, but, you know, I got hit first. And my prayer was still, Lord, please, please don't let me kill anybody, because I didn't think it was over. And that's when the second hit came, and then there was this stillness. You know how snowstorms, like it's really still outside? That's how it was. It was so still, and I'm thinking, is it over? Like, literally, is it over? And, like, is the pounding over? And um, it was. And I looked over right beside me in, in the passenger seat was my Bible. And I have some go-to verses when I'm, like, feeling, oh, no, I need, I need you, Lord, so I hope everybody has a go-to verse or two or ten because they're really helpful. So I went to my, <laughs> I called 911, Psalm 91.1. That's the only thing I could think of at the time. And, um, you know, he or she who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. And so that moment, you know, I felt like I was in the boat and getting pounded and I was, I was scared and I cried out to the Lord. And I'm so glad my Bible was there with me. I like make it a point to have that there now. I mean, I don't want another accident, but it, it's there, it's there. And I felt the presence in the midst of that horrible situation. So um, my car was totaled, another Ford Explorer was totaled. Um, somebody had broken ribs, somebody else had neck injury, but I just give God so much glory for hearing my cry, please don't let me kill anybody, because everybody was ultimately fine. But 
we all have these storms, these times when we cry out, and that was a pretty dramatic in the boat, help me Lord, kind of crying out. I have uh, a number of go-to scriptures that I go to uh, when I'm like, oh no, and it might not be something that dramatic, but another one is Psalm 61, verses one and two. Now, I really like this scripture because there's also a song that we sing, you know, hear my cry, O Lord, and tend unto my prayer from the ends of the earth, will I cry unto thee. And this is the part, and when my heart is overwhelmed, please lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That is higher than I. A lot of the music that we sing is scripture. So it's great when you're reading your Bible, you're going to say, oh, we sing that at church. We're just not singing words. We're singing scripture a lot of the time. So music for me, just God speaks to me through music. And, and I love this particular scripture. So that's what the disciples did. They cried out, save me, God, save us. So Jesus has an interesting reply. Jesus says, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Yikes. I mean, I feel like that on the surface is a little bit of a harsh answer. I mean, they've just been scared to death. And he said, you have little faith. And they're thinking, come on, Jesus. I mean, we've just been almost dead near death, we were going to drown, and you say, you were first of all asleep, and then you say, oh, you have little faith? I don't really think that Jesus was totally chastising him. I'm thinking he's saying, hey, guys, I'm still here with you. Believe. Have faith. I'm right here. And that message is true for us, too. One reality about being a Christian, when we claim the Lord as the leader of our life, you know, we think, oh, everything's going to be great. No, <laughs> we're not exempt from the storm. I, I mean, can I get an amen on that? Yeah, yeah, we're not exempt from the storms. But when Jesus is the leader of our life and we claim him, you know, we submit to his will and way for our lives and his presence, he's always there. See, that's the promise, that when we're in those storms, He's there. He's also there for the unbeliever, but they don't know it. They don't recognize it. He's there. What happens next in this story is quite interesting. So they've cried out, and he says, oh, you have little faith. You know, I'm, I'm right here. And then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. I mean, can you imagine it? He got up, and there's all this storm, and he's like, and it's peaceful and calm. Oh, my gosh. But see, that's how Jesus works. He has authority over the storms. He has authority over nature, literally, and also the storms in our lives. And then we read, the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. 
Now, you would think, like, what kind of man is this? Well, they had just watched him do the healings and, and the preaching. They had been hanging out with him. This wasn't like, oh, let's just get in the boat. They knew one another. Jesus was training them, saw meet with sinners, and again, raised people from the dead. But they were amazed that even, that's the key, even the winds and the waves obey him. Even the winds and the waves. He's in charge of nature. And, you know, that's a little problematic for us when we know what happens, you know, the devastation. But the truth is, he's in charge of nature. He created it. It's God's system. He put it all together. He has power over nature. So here's the good news for us when we take a look at this. We can accept in faith, if, if we're a believer, that Jesus can calm the storms in our lives. That we know that life isn't easy. Life is really hard. I was going through a bad time a number of years ago, and you know, the road less traveled. The first line is, life is difficult. Isn't that true? It's difficult, and sometimes we have really bad storms going on and sometimes they're not so bad and sometimes the storms last a day or two and sometimes the storms last a long time a very long time but jesus was right in the boat with the disciples jesus is right in the center of the storm with each one of us when we say okay jesus come into my life we don't we don't get stranded anymore we're not going to drown we might like the storm might not end, but our hearts can still experience some peace and calm that Jesus is in the midst of the storm. I don't know how you do storms without Jesus. I really don't. I don't. I hope nobody here does a storm without Jesus. In fact, I hope so everybody here like, makes a decision right here, right now to say, okay, I'm yours. Take my life. Because we need Jesus, not just in the storms, but in, in all times. Jesus sometimes calms the storms, like the real, and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he calms us. When we're in the storms, though, the question is, can we still praise him in the storm? Can we praise Jesus in the storm?
thank you for that. But while they did a great job, we're really giving God the honor and the glory because it's God. You know, um, as I was listening to that song, it's, it's hard to praise in the storm, but that's what God wants us to do. And um, you know, I was having a great time in Houston and um, got a phone call from my stepmother that said that my dad was in the hospital. And a lot of you know that mom, my mom died four months ago, and I'm just like trying to deal with that. And dad was in the hospital, and it could be something bad that's going on. And so I just felt like inside, I'm like quivering, like, oh no, God, you, you got mom. <laughs> keep, just keep, let me have my dad for a while. But then, trying to practice what I preach, I'm like, hey, at least he's saved. Yay, thank you, God. At least my relationship is, you know, there's been forgiveness, and we're good, we're good. So we can praise in the storm. We can praise. Just a few facts about the storms of life. Jesus is present in our storms. He's present in our storms. He knows all the details of our lives. There's, there's nothing, there's never a moment in your life where God's not paying attention to you. Number two, the storms we face are never stronger than our Savior. How about that? The storms, we, never, never, because he's the strongest. I mean, that's the power. That's the power. And number three, the storms we face are what? Never beyond the control of Christ. We're not orphans. We aren't lost. We're in the arms of our loving Savior. And so no matter what, we can try to rest in the storm. Are you facing a storm today? I kind of I look it out, and I, I, I look at your faces while I'm speaking, and I, I know, I know a lot of you are in a storm or have experienced a storm, and I also know we all will experience a storm. It's, it's right around the corner. Are you feeling like you're being pounded by the waters right now? Are you saying, oh, how, I'm, I'm drowning, I'm drowning? I love what they sang. I, another one of my go-to verses, I look up to the hills. In fact, let's say this together. I look up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. He is the maker of heaven and earth. Our storms will, may not cease, but we can have peace in the midst of of our storm because Jesus is creator, healer, sustainer. When we claim Christ, the Holy Spirit resides in us and we get to plug into that power. Without it, we are lost. We're lost. So we pray, I pray that there's nobody here who is experiencing a storm where you're not seeking God and feeling rest. And, and if you're wondering about all that, pray about it. Just say, God, help me. Come up on the steps and pray. Pray from your seats. Lori's in the back. We'd love to pray with you about this. Jesus is bigger and stronger than any storm that we might hand him. Let's say that again. He's bigger and stronger than any storm we might hand him. He is just well waiting for us to say, help, help. It's the good news that he's with us always, and he's stronger than anything. Let's live it, and let's believe it. Amen?
Would you pray with me, please? God, thank you that you are stronger and bigger than any storm in our lives, that um, there's nothing beyond your control. And so in faith, we, we cry out and say thank you and, and we're going to praise you and we know that you're ultimately in control. So we give our lives to you in Jesus' name. Everybody gathered said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.